the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. And it's another edition of the London Free Press Podcast. Thank you very much for being with us this week. And we are talking about the goings-on at City Hall once again with intrepid City Hall reporter for the London Free Press, Megan Stacy, joining us on the podcast. Hello, Megan. Hey, Craig. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I don't know if I'm intrepid, but thanks for the label. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a nice word, I thought. Uh, how's uh, you, you tweeted the other day that you're that you're moving. How's the move going? And have oh, you found boy. all your Tupperware lids? <laughs> no, Those I know. Are the big I, questions. <laughs> I had to uh, move so that you don't see all my boxes. So just know I'm in a corner of my <laughs> of my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Everyone's moved. Everyone knows how it is. Uh, let's talk about the goings on at City Hall, as I said. And uh, you've obviously written about this. You can find it on lfpress.com. You talked to Gord Hume about it. We'll get into that conversation in just a second. But there have been a couple of pretty intense debates uh, the last little while, but there were a few this week. Tell us about what those debates were and how things kind of got a little hot under the collar in some cases. Right. And, you know, Craig, not to um, uh, say these aren't important debates, but I think some people might get, get a bit of a chuckle because they're not exactly where you might expect the pieces to all fall apart. You know what I mean? Um, what initially started this all off is the tree protection bylaw. Uh, and so there was a conversation at council uh, last Tuesday about, you know, do we need to lower the threshold for what is considered, I think it's called the distinguished tree so essentially we're talking about a bylaw here to protect more trees where you've got to go to city hall to get a permit to cut it down okay so it's sure. all hinges on the diameter of the tree uh it seems a little bit inside baseball i don't know if anyone would care about the exact specifics but what was on the table is you know a 50 centimeter threshold that that's where it is right now so if you're trying to cut down a tree that's 50 centimeters across or larger you got to go to city hall to get a permit to take it down uh and obviously this is all about a much broader issue right of protecting our trees in the forest city uh city hall also has a really ambitious like tree canopy goal to have a certain percentage of our city covered um by by trees by leaves the tree canopy uh and so that's what we're driving towards right and so there was a couple of politicians came out of the the planning committee the week before that want to see that threshold lowered so that even more trees will be protected you've got to go through that permit process so what, what they were talking about is not even actually changing the threshold from 50 centimeters to 40 centimeters, but asking staff to bring forward a business case for how much it would cost to enforce a change like that. Uh, and so that there was a, a motion on the floor about reducing um, from 50 centimeters to 40 centimeters, having staff bring back a business case for the 2022 budget. So not actually making that change, but just investigating it. Uh, and that's what lost on a, a really tight vote at an eight to seven. Uh, and then later that night, uh, there was another uh, seven, eight vote uh, around cycling and sidewalk projects, all hinged on the 5.5 million that London will get from a federal provincial COVID resiliency fund. Uh, that's London's allocation. So we know that the city will get that 5.5 million for something. And Elizabeth Pelosa had led a charge to have that something be cycling and sidewalk projects, what, what they call active transportation, uh, to improve that in the city. And then there was sort of this last ditch bid from uh, councillors Lewis and Lehman to redirect 2 million of that 5.5 million into a arena HVAC uh, upgrades. And their thinking was that uh, 
that two million, which is already budgeted in City Hall's budget for the arena HVAC upgrades can then sort of be released to tap into different streams of funding so that you still get the active transportation projects, the cycling, the, the sidewalk upgrades, uh, but through a, a different form. And it likely means that they wouldn't come quite as soon because this COVID resiliency fund is about fast tracking. You've got to have your project done by next year. So that's a lot of word words, Craig. I'm sure you're really interested in the minutia of those debates, but those were the two eight, seven splits, slightly different makeup for each, but uh, a, a lot of similar players that fell on those lines. And those are uh, all definitely good things to, uh, to know and be aware of. I will say on the subject of the tree debate that I had a couple of trees removed last summer and the general rule that they were using was if I can wrap my arms around this tree, then we can cut it down without a permit. So it doesn't, I don't know if it has to be as, I don't know if it has to be as exact as what we were talking about there. Uh, but if I, yeah, yeah. If I, if I can wrap my arms around this tree, then we don't have to worry about getting a permit. That, that I think that's a good rule. Uh, but the moral of the story is these were not necessarily debates over the future of London's soul. I think that's what you're getting here. It's yeah. debate. It's yeah. over how's the best way to access this stream of funding and or, or these particular streams of funding. There's some disagreement there. And it was debates over, hey, which trees are we going to be able to cut down? Which are we not? Not, hey, should we cut down all the trees? It's, hey, what can you do to cut down this specific tree on your property? So it's not as though these were, and, and I hesitate to use the term, but it's not as though these were life and death issues, the moral of the story. No, I'm with you, Craig. And that's not to denigrate the discussion or, or the idea. You know, I think trees are really important. I think most people do. We're the forest city. But uh, you, there is that that point there that, as you say, and it's such a, a small point, right? Um, not for some, obviously, because more trees might be protected. But we're not even talking about, you know, have a bylaw or not, enforce it or not. We're talking about, do we bring that threshold down so that more trees are captured by this bylaw? And it's so interesting that you say, I wonder how 50 centimeters versus 40 centimeters falls on the, can I wrap my arms around it uh, scale of measurement? <laughs> I'm not, I'm it's, not all, sure it's all very how official. It would, how it would work. <laughs> but it, yeah, ultimately yeah. I agree with you. And um, you know, you mentioned that I talked to uh, a former politician, Gord Hume about it. And he said the same thing to me, you know, he said with, with greatest of respect to the politicians, these are not necessarily, you know, the most crucial issues. We're not talking about spending a hundred million dollars on, you know, some pivotal project or something like that. So good, good to keep in mind, but, but nonetheless, it leads to, uh, leads to some interesting chat. Leads to some interesting chat. Now I'm going to read the tweet that was the basis for your story. And that, uh, uh, a lot of folks are talking about, including his council colleagues, including some of the quote unquote black rich six. We'll talk about that in a second. Councilor Steven Turner tweeted out the following in the midst of this meeting that you were just talking about, Megan. He said, honestly, some days I think that just maintaining status quo might be the best case scenario for this council. Two years in and no evidence of cohesive vision for our city's future. Hashtag Black Ridge 6. Strike again. And that tweet did not go over particularly well. Tell us about the reaction. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, Craig. So that was midway through the meeting, uh, and there's been uh, some some backlash, I would say. And it's a little bit like we talked about on the last podcast, right? There's what you see and there's what you don't see. So a number of councillors, especially those who had used this consulting firm, Blackridge Strategy, in the 2018 uh, election or in the, in the lead up through their campaigns, 
for you know political services obviously um, a number of those folks were none too pleased by the comment uh, and I know there were a couple of councillors in that group uh, who asked the mayor you know to to take it um, further to go to the integrity commissioner so um, you know whether it's a, a code of conduct violation council obviously is governed by by a code of conduct and you've got to kind of play fair and, and represent yourself well. Uh, whether this tweet is covered by that, I'm, I'm not too sure. But um, nonetheless, there was some backlash. There was a follow-up comment from, from Councillor Turner after he had, I assume, was, was contacted by some folks or, or at least realized it wasn't playing well. And there was a Facebook post, too, from um, Ward 14 Councillor Steve Hillier. Uh, and he said, it, you could just sense how exasperated he was, Greg. I mean, I think it comes through quite clearly, right? He, Something like, for the hundredth time, this company that I used for signs and a website have nothing to do, had nothing to do with my campaign, how I ran my campaign, and had not, have nothing to do with my council votes now. Uh, and he talked about, you know, that I think they found it insulting, disrespectful to have to keep dealing with this, you know, having it crop up. So, yeah, not pleased. Um, that's that's for sure. And I think uh, you saw Councillor Turner kind of walk that back. Um you know, and I think he said a couple of times publicly that wasn't maybe the best thing that he's ever decided to tweet out. We we all know he's pretty blunt on Twitter. I, uh, yeah, he doesn't my way. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's of- I think that's that's fair to say at, at, at times, and, and and you know that's okay, and it's good for people like us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, absolutely, yeah, it, is. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. Uh, here's the thing, and Steve Hillier is, is is ticked off about this association just for. For anyone listening to us who wasn't aware of the background, Blackridge Strategy was the group that was at the center of those fake websites that went against Maureen Cassidy and Virginia Ridley during the 2018 election. And they worked with, uh, I believe, six or seven members of council, six members of council that uh, wound up getting elected. But the work they did with everyone other than Paul Van Meerbergen and Randy Warden is not remotely subject to controversy. So controversial group, but... The, the polling work that was done for Sean Lewis or some of the website work that was done for, I, I think Councillor Morgan had some website work done. And uh, Steve Hillier, as you said, in his Facebook post, was talking about sign work. So this is stuff that is completely legal, completely above board. But they did use this this group that did some stuff that is uh, still under investigation. And I think most Londoners would say at the very, at the very least, it was unsavory campaign tactics. So that's where Councilor Turner was going with this. And as Gord Hume described it to you, cheap shot is the word that I think is, it's reasonable to use that word in this case, because you're trying to make something look unsavory that perhaps really in all reality was not right. Yeah. And I think, I think the reason cheap shot was used and, and probably fits too is because, you know, Councillor Turner was using that to make a broader point, I think, about vision. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of people, uh, including Gord Hume, but, you know, including others on council who say uh, that's uh, a very fair discussion to be having, right, is about vision mm-hmm. and about uh progress perhaps and where council's going and where the city is going uh, and I think what people really took objection to was dragging in the the Blackridge controversy uh, and obviously if you're a counselor that um, you know use the firm probably important to note that all of 
the council uh, counselors and the mayor who were involved with that firm have you know either cut ties midway through when they heard uh, rumors about the the company being involved with these attack websites or have since, uh, you know, once the connections were, were proven in court documents, have since denounced or cut ties or, you know, said they wouldn't work with the company again. So that's important to know. Obviously, if you're one of those people, you, you don't appreciate a vote about a tree protection bylaw uh, being you know, conflated with, with the Blackridge crew yep. um, or the Blackridge issue. Uh, but yeah, you know, and so that's why I think people are using that term cheap shot. It's, it's sort of that idea, like there are some reasonable conversations to have here whether that's about divisions on council, uh, progress in London, or how well and how effective this city council is. And and maybe that's a little bit separate from, you know, who used Blackridge. Yeah. I think it's really fair to talk about who votes together, um, you know, on both sides of the, the coin there. But um, as you say, clearly there was there was some distaste about that that connection being made and and Councillor turner figured that out i and, and i, I want to say i did ask him via twitter so it was public it was it was all there i said are you saying that black were any sort of influence on these votes and he just responded one word answer no which okay uh this is the uh the follow-up post that he had that came a couple of hours after the original post so this is about 10 30 that night after the meeting i just want to read that just to make sure it's it's on the record for our conversation here i am concerned we're not reaching our full potential as a city i'm frustrated with a lack of progress as a council. I do believe that all my colleagues act in the best interest of the city. We just have some stark differences in how we feel this should be accomplished. I recognize this tweet may call into question whether I violated our council code of conduct, and I apologize for that. I do take this code seriously. I have utmost respect for anyone who dedicates themselves to public service. I have left this tweet up so I can acknowledge what I said and be accountable to everyone. I need to do better, and I will... Let the main takeaway here be that I think collectively we can do better for hashtag LDNONT... It, it's time to build a city we love and stop playing politics. Steve T is how he signed it. And again, uh, some of the things that you said are that are, I think, very fair conversations. And I think some counselors uh, can and perhaps should be having about who's voting together and things along those lines is OK. But yeah, the Blackridge thing is, is, is where it crossed the line, because I, I took it as the implication was somehow they were involved in that particular vote. So that that that's I. I I don't know if that's the, the impression Council Turner wanted to leave, but that's the impression I took from it. And that's where you're getting into the code of conduct trouble, right? And I think there's a lot to unpack in that sort of follow-up, yeah. right? Uh, first of all, it's always interesting. Uh, and I think a lot of us can can maybe relate to that feeling of, ooh, messed up there, right? And that's the vibe I get from his follow-up. Like, really wish I hadn't maybe tweeted that. <laughs> Which is it's just interesting because, uh, first of all, uh, as we've said, Council Turner is out on Twitter a lot. A lot of people don't like his style there. Um, and it's always interesting to see somebody walk back. I don't really think that's much of an apology. Somebody right. to me said it was sort of a non-apology apology. I didn't really see any hint of sorry in there myself. No. But uh, but you know what? I think it is interesting. And we got to talk about why Blackridge 6, right? What he's really saying is, We've got divisions on council and the line is falling, um, you know, along those folks who who used Blackbird strategy in the election. They're voting together. And, and I think the pretty clear target there is you're not 
progressing. Uh, you're not creating progress in this city, right? You're, you're not voting the way that Steve Turner wants. So uh, it is really interesting to see some of those council divides pop up. And I think you had a couple of newbies on this term, right? First term politicians. And then you've got a lot of folks who are in their second term. And I think it took some time for this current council to kind of find its feet. It is hard to know where council's tracking right now. Um, and that's why this division to me at least is interesting, right? Because you see those votes often fall along, um, you know, maybe the small C conservatism lines, right? There's a group on council that clearly wants to be more careful with spending. That's kind of what that tree protection bylaw came down to, right? What is it gonna cost to protect more trees? It was about a quarter million dollars. That was the, the estimate thrown around. Um, and, and you see those votes fall on other lines, whether it's, you know, sort of the London plan vision, whether it's active transportation like cycling, we all know how controversial those cycling projects are. Uh, and so it, to me, it's really interesting to see that kind of uh, deepen and see somebody acknowledging it publicly. Um, because as much as there, he was kind of walking it back in his follow up tweet, he was also sort of, uh, I think, trying to crystallize his earlier point, which was, hey, we're not making the progress we should. And I just think that's an interesting question for Londoners to, to sit with. The pandemic kind of throws that curveball. And, and that's what Councillor Hillier told me, right? He said, listen, my vision right now is just to get us back to work, to try and protect our economy um, and protect people's health at the same time. And he said something, this was in a follow-up interview, he said to me, you know, anybody's pet projects or, you know, the specific projects that they're trying to push ahead, all of that is suspended as far as I'm concerned. We, this is our sole focus, right, is just navigating this COVID uh, world and, and this coronavirus pandemic. So it's really interesting. And that's something Londoners have to answer for themselves, right? Is city council making, is city council making progress? Do they have a vision and what is it? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Not not every one of the 15 people around that council horseshoe has to have the same vision, but you would hope there's at least some level of cohesion. And we've seen before with these split councils, and I, I was there a lot of nights during the Fontana 8 situation, and we've seen a lot of nights with these split councils where things can get pretty intense, it can go back and forth, and there can be a lot of... Uh, uh, I can say spiteful decisions. Uh, there can be a lot of spiteful votes that happen. So it gets ugly. And the, the losers typically uh, are not necessarily the people who lose in the votes, but the people who are living in the city of London that want to see their city evolve and get better. And that's those are the people who I think fall behind when that stuff goes on. Absolutely. I totally agree with you, Craig. And that's why I think it is really interesting to see some of this bubble up uh, to the surface or bubble to the surface, right? Because you don't, uh, necessarily always see this kind of social media bickering. I think you always see some level of kind of butting heads, right? And as you say, people are going to have different opinions. It would it would be a little bit ridiculous if the council was in lockstep, right? There, there are different views among constituents too. But uh, I think it, it, it just, it's worth paying attention to because it's not really about the squabble. And I'm not even sure it's really about Blackridge, right? It's really about where is the city going and mm. what's this council doing? At least that's what's important to me. And I think that's what's important to most Londoners, right? What's what's really going on? Um, and it, it's interesting to look at that. You know, I think this is a council that uh, probably didn't come out of the gate with a very specific vision. And, you know, they have a strategic plan, but as, as Gord Hume said to me yesterday, you know, it's got like hundreds of targets. It's kind of hard to sift through that. And, uh, you know, you, you get to a place where you look at the votes and you say, okay, what's happening here? And, and, what are our priorities, right? Is it cash? Is it sort of that 
um, typical government of fill the potholes, you know, clear the snow, uh, or, or is there something bigger that, that we're driving towards? Can we afford it? You know, all those mm -hmm. interesting questions It just, uh, it's about the midpoint of council's term right now. So it's an important, uh, time and you really only have a year, maybe a year and a bit left before you get back into the municipal election cycle. Right. So it's going to be a crucial time for council to kind of crystallize what, what do you want to do here? Uh, and are we making progress? Yeah, and it's uh, a reasonable thing to wonder whether the answer to that is yes or no or something uh, something in between. Uh, do you think this is going to get worse or perhaps become a little more underlined? Because we've got two years left in this term. We're essentially at the, the halfway point right around now. What do you think happens over the next two years or how does this progress from here, do you think? Because if we've got councillors who are ticked off at one another, taking shots on social media, I saw councillors uh, Helmer and Lewis having a debate about the HVAC funding on on Twitter, which is fine. I'm not against that, but it, it, it shows a lack of cohesion, of course. So what do you think it progresses like from here? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Greg, because, you know, I just said, oh, okay, there's only a year, a year and a bit left. But as you point out, we're only halfway. So mm -hmm. it's not too much time, but it's a lot of time at the exact same um, at the exact same time. Right. And so there's lots of room for council here to, I think, kind of uh, step out and really figure out what do we want London to be? What are the priorities for the next two years and get them done? I think, you know, you look at something like housing. Uh, I don't know that you can really vote against housing projects or funding for social housing at this stage in London. We're in such a crisis, right? But that all that to say, that is an example where you've seen some really good cohesion or, you know, togetherness from this council. They vote in lockstep on those sorts of things, right? A lot of big ticket items in the budget that I thought might be a real fight and, and they sort of skated through, right? So you see, obviously, that's of significant importance to council but you know what else is it about transportation and how we get around the city is it about how we build uh you know you've got a couple of key debates and a couple of multiple key projects i think in both of those areas where you've seen some tense debates you asked you know about what are we going to see going forward and i do think we will see this divide deepen and I think you're going to see a, a number of councillors get sort of um maybe entrenched right it I don't know how you uh, what you call these these two groups, but you do see some some division there. Um, and I think on both sides, right? Mm -hmm. it, it by nature, if you've got a voting block on one side, you've kind of got a voting block on the other, right? And I hesitate to say, you know, we've got a real problem with that here because I think there's a lot of votes, um, you know, where people are kind of crossing over whatever this divide is to, to vote with somebody from across the, the council chamber or across that line. And that's really good to see. Um, but I do think we're going to see this pop up in other ways. You know, this little social media squabble is not the end of it, at least no. from my perspective. And it'll be interesting to see, A, does it detract from what council is actually trying to do? Or B, is the fight really at its core about what we want London to be in differing opinions there? I'm fascinated by the uh, the, the swing votes. And, and like, like you said, every, every vote, is it's not exactly down, you know, the voting block lines every time. But I find as though uh, Councillor Pelosa is often a swing vote who sort of goes back and forth. The mayor sometimes the swing vote that sort of goes back and forth. Absolutely. So it's interesting to sort of note uh, uh, who the folks are in the middle. And they're often the ones that wind up deciding these things. Absolutely. You know, that's really interesting, right? Because... Um 
you know, for example, Councillor Peloza is very big on active transportation. I was just talking earlier about mm -hmm. how she was leading the charge on that, you know, let's get the cycling and sidewalk projects done. Um, but yeah, other times she will vote with, um, you know, the the Lewis, Squire, Lehman, Paul Van Riebergen, Hillier crowd, uh, whatever name you want to give those folks. Uh, Black Ridge Six isn't going over so well, but whatever that <laughs> Yeah, they don't, they is, don't right? seem to care for that one, no. <laughs> you often see uh, Pelosa with those folks, but then sometimes you don't. You're right, the mayor's often a swing vote. And, you know, oddly, uh, Councillor Turner himself actually has been sort of the, like, lone vote on a couple of things um, lately where... I was a little bit surprised, um, you know, and there were a couple actually of Morgan Salee joint motions uh, that you, I, I think from the outset would have thought, oh, that's, you know, right up that alley that I, I was very surprised to see Councillor Turner speak out against and vote against. So you just never know, right? I, I don't think we're not in a Fontana 8 situation here, right? They don't vote together all the time, um, either on the, the smaller C conservative side or or the lefty side for for lack of better description of these two two groups that we've got there um and so it is really interesting to see and i think people are cognizant of that too right mm -hmm. uh whether because they don't want to become too entrenched or or they don't want to you know walk into council knowing exactly how they'll vote every time or for the optics they don't want to be seen as doing that right and i think um a lot of all the councillors are very aware of both I, I would assume uh, and I think you see that so you know you're going to see some different partnerships or, or different um, council allies coming forward with these motions right uh, the the Morgan Salee is isn't perhaps an example of that um, recently and uh, even the uh, the anti-abortion flyers that we talked about Craig this yeah. uh, push to bring a bylaw you know to regulate the kind of material that you might be able to to drop off on someone's doorstep that was a really interesting collection right it was councillors Lewis uh, Peloza Hopkins and Cuyabaga which is I, I can't say that you really see that's a force in voting you know together all the time so right. it, it's really interesting yeah yeah very interesting and councillor uh, Lewis and, and, and Cuyabaga the two of them had uh uh, a bit of a a bit of a row earlier in the term that things seem to have uh, yeah. on some days moved over the no two love them, which lost is good. I would say yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but nonetheless it's interesting to see sort of where this all winds up and how this uh, how this progresses and continues because clearly what's what's happening in the city is at stake here and I think that on some of these things uh, Londoners the way that they pay attention to the news is altered just because of the pandemic we're in the midst of so perhaps some of the stuff is in front of mind but uh, there's still important decisions being being made at London City, uh, London City Hall, even if a lot of the people who are making those decisions are doing it via Zoom, right? Right. And, you know, that is kind of the other layer here, Craig, and I think it can be difficult, right, both for the politicians and for people who are trying to navigate, uh, whether it's the news or, or, you know, the decisions being made uh, by their local government, right? Because you've got the pandemic, which which clearly, you know, it's, it's sapping resources, it's sapping energy, it's kind of sapping, I think, the focus. Uh, and rightly so, we're, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, you got to focus on that, right? Even at the local level, we've seen budgetary impacts, we've seen, you know, operational uh, issues or, or sort of shutdowns in the early days at City Hall, right? And, but at the same time, as you say, important decisions are being made, the work is continuing. And uh, Gord Hume said something along the lines of, you know, the pandemic is important, but it can't be an out. And I think that's really important. Um, somebody else uh, said that to me, you know, months ago that 
we, we've still got to be looking at these city hall decisions and looking at our city politicians um, with a careful eye, right? And, and I think you've got to guard against COVID being the excuse for everything. I'm not saying that's necessarily happening, but uh, I'm hearing that used as an explanation for a lot of things that don't maybe add up. COVID has impacted almost everything, but it doesn't mean it's the reason for a lot of things, right? right? And so I just, I, I think it's important that we guard against using that kind of COVID, COVID, COVID all the time, because yeah, you know, councillors are still making really important decisions that affect the lives of Londoners. Um, you know, maybe it's not the the tree bylaw that we all want to, you know, die on that hill, but uh, <laughs> it, it's important that we're, we're looking at what they're doing, because although local government doesn't maybe draw as many eyeballs as as some of our senior governments it's really important that's the stuff that affects you yeah i think people are kind of focused on queen's park the last couple of months for some reason you can't imagine strange i don't know why (laughs) that seems seems wild (laughs) apparently it's true uh we should uh wrap up there just because we're uh running out of time here but uh megan this was uh, a great conversation thank you very much for anything else that you're going to be keeping an eye on uh, or uh think that uh, that folks should note before we wrap up here Oh, that's really interesting, Craig. Well, my mind's COVID today too. I'm covering a couple of COVID things and uh, and bylaw, looking at some of those issues. Trying to think if there's anything else I should be uh, should be teasing here. Can't think of anything at the well, that's, moment. That's okay. More news is to come for sure. As soon as this wraps up, I'm going to go out to my backyard and wrap my arms around every tree just to yeah, see. Yeah, that's right. Just Give to the see measure. what the... That's right. <laughs> yeah. And Wait do the arm test versus a measuring yeah, tape. You yeah, know, I wonder yeah. how it stacks up. Just to, just to see which trees can go if I'm so inclined. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there, Megan. Thank you so much for uh, joining the London Free Press podcast today. Thanks for having me again, Craig. That's Megan Stacy, City Hall reporter with the London Free Press, joining us on the podcast today. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation and want to subscribe to hear more conversations just like that one with myself and other reporters and staff members of the London Free Press. To do so, just subscribe to our podcast, London Free Press podcast on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or watch us on YouTube. Look for us on lfpress.com as well. And if you could rate, subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe, we would be very appreciative of that. All the time we have for this episode, we'll be back at you next week with a couple of new episodes of the London Free Press Podcast. Thank you very much for listening.